yeah yeah welcome back to faux prophets podcast this one is just gonna be me talking chopping it up real quick just doing a uh, catch up talking about a few things answering some questions uh, some of the things that have been said to me via dm text message uh, or however people have gotten in touch with me recently I didn't do a, a recap on the Demetrius Andre fight because I've just been busy trying to get some uh, some more guests on my podcast. So I didn't make time for that. So I'm doing it now. Some people may say, oh, it's late. The fight happened two weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, but the fight happened. So if you don't want to hear that, then turn it off for the next couple minutes or until you can fast forward to the point where I'm not talking about the Demetrius Andre versus David Benavidez fight. One of the things that I heard uh, after the fight, or do, matter of fact, during the fight, was that they told Demetrius to get up to 190 pounds. Uh, he weighed in at 168, and he was told to hydrate back up to 190. I thought that was a little bit over, uh, too much for him to carry that type of weight. Um, that's, that may have been the weight that he was sparring at, but I doubt it because you're slowly losing weight so that you can be uh, on weight for the fight so if it was me i would have told him to hydrate uh 15 pounds high uh and not carry that much weight you still wanted him to be the faster fighter and be able to move the other thing that i i was uh listening to was when they said that the the ring was only 20 by 20 feet i'm not sure why demetrius andre agreed to that maybe he let his ego and pride get ahead of him <clears throat> excuse me and he thought that 20 by 20 was good i thought that the ring should have been 22 by 22 feet uh that way you would have extra time or not extra time but extra space to move and catch your breath and, and be able to pace yourself in the ring none of that mattered at all and i don't think it's going to matter for anybody else going forward when they face david benavidez i've noticed fight after fight he all he does is continues to get better each fight he learns each fight is a lesson for him and i think that's another reason why people didn't want to fight him but salute to the guys who did fight him like demetrius andre and caleb plant caleb plant went a full 12 rounds with david benavidez um some people were saying not bad for the white boy well the white boy went 12 rounds and the black guy went six the black guy got blasted and blistered up out of there uh the fight was stopped heading into round six i believe um, where you can see Demetrius Andra, Andrade's or Andra's eye was marked up and slowly, slowly, slowly starting to puff up, and um, he would he wouldn't be able to use it, any, uh, be able to see out of it anymore. Uh, David did a good job. <clears throat> Let me say this also before I go into what David did. Demetrius Andre did a good job of boxing and throwing his punches and combinations. I think I thought he did well with that. The one thing that he didn't do enough of was posting and framing uh, to keep the distance between him and David. He would do it here and there, but it was far and few in between. Um, and he allowed David to cut the space, cut down the space in between him himself and De uh, Demetrius and be able to either throw his jab or throw a, a use his right hand as a throwaway punch so he could get to the inside. Uh, and once he 
pivoted to the inside, excuse me, <clears throat> once he was able to pivot to the inside, he would then just work Demetrius over. David has a great way of using his offense as his defense because he's always touching. He's always throwing a punch. He's always doing something to stay active, whether it's his head movement, his foot movement, his body movement, uh, his, his arm movement, whatever it is. He's always reaching out. He's always touching. He's always coming forward. He keeps up a, a tremendous pace, and he's always there. And when a guy can do that to you uh, and you're not relaxed in the ring or he's throwing punches and you start to become uncomfortable, it takes away the the comfortability in the fight. It takes away your patience and your poise. And, and in a situation like that for Demetrius, he started to panic. And you could see the panic. You could see that round four, once he got knocked down and he went back to his corner, he took a, he took a couple deep breaths. So he took one really good deep breath. And it was and for me, when I saw that, I was like, uh-oh, that, that can either be good or bad. And... In that situation, it seemed to be bad because it was like, yo, I can't do enough to keep this guy off me. The other thing that Demetrius does that for people who just who are just now noticing or who have noticed in the past, Demetrius likes to duck down into this like capoeira style where he ducks down and he likes to bounce. And he likes to circle out. He likes to pivot out. He likes to go. Uh, he likes to go under the, the other fighters uh, punches where he stays low. Demet Demetrius did that. And it wasn't effective because David was aware of it. So as close as David was to him, no matter what Demetrius did, he would throw a punch. Anywhere you're near me, I'm going to throw a punch. I'm going to touch you. And that's what Demetrius, that's what David Benavides did. He made sure to keep touching Demetrius Andre. And for as long as he touched Demetrius Andre, Demetrius Andre couldn't respond anymore. And when he did respond, it was far and few in between. Uh, people say that David Benavidez is too big for the weight class, and they usually what I, I what I hear them call that is weight bullying. But if you can make the weight, you know, um, there's nothing else to be said about that. People talked about David having uh, problems making the weight and him not taking it serious. Well, now that he's taking it serious and he's making the weight, I just think people should just shut the hell up. That's just me. I'm big, and let me say this too. I was a, I am a big Demetrius Andrade fighter. I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big fan, I should say. And I'm not, I can't say fan. I'm a supporter of uh, Demetrius Andrade. I'm a supporter of David Benavidez, and I've been saying that for years. Um, uh, after watching the the Ronald Graville fight, I said, man, this kid, he has it. He just has to put it together. Um, and now you can tell, fight by fight, he's getting better. Uh, it, he's he's starting to have his own style when he's in a ring. Canelo has a style. Uh, Demetrius Andrade has a style. Um, Dimitri Bivol has a style. Errol Spence has a style. Bud Crawford has a style. Uh, there's there are several fighters out there who have styles when you when you're watching them fight, and it's it's becoming more and more relevant. When you see it, they excuse me. They have a signature when they're in the ring, and as as the more the more Devin Haney gets comfortable in there, you're gonna see his style. Matter of fact, you can see his style since the uh, Cambosis. I think the first or second Cambosis fight, more so to me the, during the second fight, uh, you can see uh, Devin Haney's style starting to uh, starting to come into into play, starting to come into fruition. 
But back to the Demetrius Andrade and David Benavidez fight, there are things that David just does well. Uh, people say that he's slow-footed, and I don't think that's true either. I think what it, what it is is that he knows with certain guys he has to come in there and establish his position right away, right? I got to walk you down. I'm going to come in here, and I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to beat you up. That's what David's going to do. That's just what he's going to do. He's going to go in there. He's going to beat you up. That's just what he's there for. He wants to beat you up. He wants to hurt you. And he wants you to capitulate. Basically, submit. He wants you to quit. I, I uh, listened to David a couple years ago uh, when he had a fight. And he said, knockouts are cool, but I would prefer if you went back to your corner and you quit. And for those who don't understand that, what that means is that it means that, yeah, a punch knocked you out. Yeah, I can knock you out. Yeah, I can get you, get you uh, going in there. Sauce you up real quick, butter you up with some punches, and then tap you on the chin or uh, get you with a punch to the body, and then the fight's over. But if I make you go back to the corner, it means that you can't do it anymore. That's merciless. There's no mercy in that. So when I hear a fighter say that, that means that he has to train accordingly to that. And I don't know if any of you guys are watching David after the fights, but David doesn't look gassed after any of these fights. Maybe he looked like he did a little he did a little bit more work in the Caleb Plant fight because Caleb Plant was able to hold on to him. And when you have when a guy's holding on to you, it makes it it makes it a rougher fight because you have to peel this guy off or you gotta push this guy off of you. And then you gotta reset and punch again. When the guy grabs you again, you're toiling with this guy to get this guy off of you. You know, so there's more physical exertion uh when you're doing that. But besides that if you look at David's last four or five fights, David doesn't look gassed at all. He doesn't look gassed. He doesn't look spent. He doesn't. It barely looks like David is uh, jogging. He barely, he barely has uh, the the uh, the physical appearance of a guy who's jogging when he's in there. And I salute him and his father and whoever is part of his uh, strength and conditioning and his uh, other workouts to make sure that David is in tip top shape when he goes in there. Hell of a fight. I thought it was 50-50. I was naturally going with the boxer because I love boxers. Boxers are, are smart fighters, um, and, and they they usually get the job done because they pick you apart, and they take take away the things that you're capable of doing, and they make you try to figure out what else, that you, what else you can do besides that one thing. But in this situation, the guy who I, I was also rooting for, David Benavidez, he came out. And he beat a guy for five rounds or six rounds, and the fight was over. The fight was stopped. I don't know if you guys paid attention to it, but Demetrius Andre, from the looks of what I saw, Demetrius Andre told them to stop the fight. He told them to stop the fight. So, David, you got your wish. Another guy uh, capitulates. He quits. He retires in his corner. And we move on. What's next for David Benavides? I have no idea, but I will say this. David Benavides, if you hear this, if Canelo takes Munguia in May, fight Caleb Plant again. Give him a rematch. Don't sit and wait. Fight Caleb Plant. Get the Caleb Plant fight in May. Unless you want to fight early in, in February, something like that. February, March, April, May. Yeah, why not? Get a fight in February. Fight Caleb Plant again. And then after that, if Charlo is busy, go after the Charlo fight. Or fight someone else in a 168 division. Or do 
a catchweight fight like everybody else is. You're already the best at 168. Fight somebody else. Don't worry about Canelo. Fight all the other guys. Clear the division out, which is basically what you're doing for him anyway. All right? Clear out anybody that could be a possible threat. That way there is no doubt about it by by September that you are that dude. You are the king of division. We know that, but it has to be. the statement has to be made that there is no one else for you to fight. So if he doesn't take the Munguia fight, the only choice would rightfully be you. But if you paid attention to the people that Canelo chooses, and I don't want to just start seeming like I'm a hater. Canelo likes to choose guys who are kind of like broken and beaten up. The Kovalevs, uh, those type of guys, a Callum Smith fight. Everybody said, oh, that was a good fight. How was it a good fight when Callum Smith only had like five or six weeks to train? That's the part I don't understand. The guy, this fight was made five to six. It, the fight happened in five to six weeks. So you have to train properly. You have to come to America, get your places to stay. You have to find the actual gyms where you're going to be at. It's all this stuff. Like I, I just noticed little small things like that. Um, and, I, and I salute Caleb Plant for not taking that same type of deal where they tried to make that fight within five to six weeks. It seemed like it was it was rushed for Callum Smith. I don't think Callum Smith would have done nothing with Canelo anyway, but I just noticed certain things about these fights that he's picking. You know, picking the Jamal Charlos, uh, Jamel Charlo. Um, Jamel Charlo didn't do too well in that fight either. You know, he was just trotting along, trying to stay alive. I don't think he did anything of significance to make it say that he was in there to really win that fight or he, he was going to go out after all that talking and shit. So, um, yeah, Canelo, man, I think... I think that's a I think that's a good fight, whether it's Charlo or Benavidez. But I probably would think that he would go after Charlo, mainly because Charlo has been inactive. Um, this would be a tough fight for him coming back. Canelo is well rested. Rested, you can see that he's he's happy with uh with with the progression in his not only his training but his physical health. You could tell from the the Charlo fight that. Canelo was really there like he was bouncing around when he came out when that first round go back if you guys can go back and watch that first round he came out and he was bouncing and he bounced right to Jamel Charlo he got right in front of him he let him know this is going to be a rough night for one of us or both of us and he stood right there with him and he was always there <clears throat> of course I thought Canelo was a was the faster fighter but I didn't think that uh it would go that way I thought there would be that would be a, a a match of of master counters um, in the ring, and that's not what we saw. But anyway, David Benavidez, if if I were you, I'd go after the Caleb Plant fight number two. I wouldn't go after Morel because Morel is not seasoned. <clears throat> if anything, they should be putting Morel in front of Munguia, and there's no telling who Munguia is probably going to fight. He's probably going to fight uh, someone like John Ryder or something like that. So. I wouldn't even worry about that. But to David Benavidez, El Monstro, if I were you, I would just go after Caleb Plant uh, early in the year just to start the year off right, just do the uh, rematch for that fight. Caleb Plant has probably given you your best go-round, and not because uh, he went 12 rounds, but he gave you – he made you work for that win. You had to work for that win. He came out early in some of those rounds, and – he was able to work you over uh, with the jab, and he used the space. And by the time you were able to make it a fight, you know, they, uh, Caleb had done enough to kind of 
make it make people look at that fight and go, I don't know, man. Did David really do enough to win that fight? You did, but you know, there were certain things that we noticed about that. I noticed. I ain't gonna say we. I noticed about the fight that could have <clears throat> panned out for for Caleb uh, in a different way. Um, but he's not. But he's not at fault. You know, well, I can't say he's not at fault. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it. So we move on past that. All right. Next is Shakur Stevenson. I'm not sure if it was his hand more so than his shoulder. All right. Uh, usually if it's your hand, you will throw that bitch. You'll throw that bitch. You will try to connect with it. Um, you, you, will throw it you will throw it to see how, how bad it's hurt um, and to see how much damage you can take while trying to give out damage as well. I'm not sure if it was his hand. Maybe it was more so of his shoulder because if you guys saw that fight when he actually threw his left hand, it came out awkward and it came out looping. You know, he did he wasn't throwing straight punches when it when it, when he finally did did throw it in like the rounds 10, 11, and 12. Um there wasn't much action in the fight, but if you know anything about Shakur Stevenson, you know that he's a, a defense to offensive fighter. So he, he sets the tone with his defense and with distance, and then he starts to break you down. But he also uses his jab to make sure that he's close enough to keep you at bay and keep you on a string, on a yo-yo, yo-yo string. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was also a fight where we didn't see uh, De Los Santos do much to make it a fight. He didn't do, he didn't really do anything. So as for, so for as much as people want to blame Shakur Stevenson for not doing anything, Blame De Los Santos for not adding anything, for not giving enough pressure, for not selling out and going to get him either. Um, De Los Santos is just as much as, at fault as Shakur Stevenson is. So make sure that y'all, when y'all throwing Shakur under, under the bus, make sure y'all throw De Los Santos under there too. And I get it. Shakur talks a lot of shit. That's why I say when you around motherfuckers that talk shit, got to be able to back it up, big dog. He got the win. But you got to be able to back it up. You can't go in there and stink it up. Floyd didn't do that. And when Floyd gave people a stinky fight, he gave the fighter a rematch. So, Shakur, you owe that guy a rematch, man. I'm not sure what was wrong with you, but I think it was a shoulder. Because I don't think the pressure really bothered Shakur in, in that moment. I don't think it was anything that De Los Santos had physically uh, as far as his gifts that, made, that would have made Shakur not throw punches. I think Shakur was either hurt. He had cramps or he may have overtrained. And the reason why I say he may have overtrained is because of the fact that he had been training since the beginning of the year. He had been in Buzz Crawford's camps. He had been in Buzz Crawford pre-camps. So maybe he had overtrained and by the time the fight started, you know, all the issues that were bothering him just came out in that fight and he couldn't pull the trigger on anything. Shakur Stevenson, I wish you the best in health. Uh, get well. I'm not sure what it was that was bothering you, but you got you gotta you gotta get out here and give people better fights. And I'm not gonna harp on that for too much because Shakur Stevenson's last three fights, Oscar Valdez, uh Yoshino, and the other person he fought, Shakur was right in front of these guys. If y'all don't I know I know people forget very quickly in boxing what really happened, but Shakur was in front of these guys. The last time that he was fighting them, he wasn't running from these guys. He stood right there in front of them. He wasn't going anywhere. Uh, he did. He did the same thing that Devin Haney did the other night. Devin Haney was in front of Regis Prograde. The only time he made any type of gesture of him trying to escape or move out 
uh, and create distance was when he was against the ropes. And that's that's typical. You don't want to be against the ropes. You don't want your back to touch the ropes. So you escape. You slide out. You roll out to the sides. You know, or you walk. And that's what he did. He created space and he created time. And while he was creating space and time, he got himself a, a breather. That's what Dave, Devin Haney did. <clears throat> so for Shakur, uh, salute to you. Uh, come back better. You you owe you owe the fans. You owe us as fans who who pay to see you. You owe us a better fight than that. Um, hopefully your health is better, and we'll hopefully we see you early. Uh, twenty twenty four. Devin Haney, you was a bad motherfucker, bro. You put on a show the other night. Masterful boxing. Masterful boxing. You beat up a guy who everybody seems to not want to fight. You handicapped him. You took his best weapons away from him. We didn't see too many left hands. You used your jab, and then that straight right hand was sizzling. You got a couple knockdowns on, on Regis Progray, and you were able to use your, your skill set, your, your, your boxing technique, your defense. You were able to use all your, 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 your tool set to keep Regis from doing anything. Man, you pitched a shutout, brother, and you should be proud of yourself. Your father should be proud of you. Everybody in your corner, your whole team should be proud of you. Uh, Granny, too, because I saw her shaking hands with, with, with uh, Eddie Hearn and, every, and, and a couple other people. But the whole the whole family should be proud of you, man. You went out there. You, you didn't even. You barely even got touched, bro. What a masterful, what a masterclass of, of, of boxing. Uh, Devin Haney is a special fighter. Devin Haney is a real special fighter. Um, the only uh, people ask me from time to time, who do I think would give him the best fight? The only people I see giving Devin Haney a, a really good fight would be Shakur, would be Tank, and the other one would probably be Tiafimo. When 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 the real Tiafimo shows up, that, those are the guys that are going to give him a fight. And maybe Subriel, maybe Subriel Matias. Subriel, Subriel is a dog. That that boy is coming to fight. He ain't coming for no bullshit. He ain't coming to lay down. He is coming in there to fight, and you gonna get you a fight when you in there with him. So, salute to us, Ubriel Matias as well. All right. With that said, I want to thank everybody who tunes in to the podcast. I want to thank everybody who shares my podcast, who subscribes to the podcast, the social media, Instagram, YouTube. Um, those are the more the more important ones, and a Facebook page, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Yeah, I got a Twitter too, too but um. Those are the three main ones that, that I'll be posting on. So I thank you guys for subscribing and sharing. Um, those who leave comments, those who leave me DMs about things that they like that I'm doing or things that can help me improve. I appreciate all the love and all the support, good or bad. Um, good or bad comments, I should say. All the support that's all the support is usually good. You can't have bad support. Or can you? Interesting. But in any regard, I appreciate everybody that tunes in and supports and and, and shares it <clears throat> and is listening. If you are listening to my podcast, like it. There's nothing wrong with liking my podcast. There's nothing wrong with sharing my podcast. There's nothing wrong with subscribing to the podcast. If you guys didn't know, I can't really see it. And even, even if I could, I wouldn't care. If you're subscribing to the podcast, I just appreciate it. Um, that... That's that that just helps helps the growth of the podcast. If you like it, you should also share it. You should subscribe to it. You should tell other people about it. Tell them what you like about what I'm talking about. Moving on from that to the 
people who desire, to the women who desire me to have more women on the podcast. I'm working on it. It's not as easy to get the women guests. When it comes to getting women, women on, when it comes to getting men on the podcast, most men will give me a schedule, tell me their dates, and we will align those dates up and we will make it happen. Even up until the last day or the last hour where they cancel, I, at least I'm notified. With the women guests, it's the same process, but sometimes they just don't want to do it and they just, they just don't follow through. Even up until the last hour or 30 minutes when I say, hey, are you ready to do the podcast? They won't show up. And I'm not saying that's all the women guests. Some women inform me ahead of time. Hey, my daughter has this going on. Hey, my son has this going on. Hey, I'm sick. Or, hey, I'm uh, going on vacation. Or, hey, uh, I have this uh, event that I have to attend so I can't do the podcast. Can we reschedule? So we reschedule. So it's just a matter of time before I get women, more women guests on my podcast. Also, you can go back and check out my podcast with Aisha Pearson, with Renata Riddle, with Stephanie Jeffrey, uh, and I forgot the other young lady's name, but she owns the uh, the uh, the boutique hall. I forgot the name of it, but I have had women guests on my podcast. I do love having women guests on my podcast. Rachel Spencer is another person. She she was a reoccurring. Uh, voice on my podcast we would talk about a plethora of things relationships all type of stuff renata is a business owner she uh owns uh a couple of bars on a uh, one is on the north side and i think she's gearing up to do one on the south side i hope i didn't reveal her plan if i did sorry i'm sure the bar if she said it to me she's probably got it up and running or is getting it together now uh so we'll move on for that I am working on it, but I'll say it again. I am working on getting more <clears throat> getting more women as guests on the podcast. Of course, I want women on my podcast. I wish I had more women on my podcast. Y'all think I want to talk to these Negroes all the goddamn time? I don't want to be talking to men all the time. I got the link up where me and the homies get together and we talk. You know what I'm saying, and then I and then and then I talk to these other the other brothers. But yes, I would love to talk to more doctors, nurses. Uh, physicians, uh, scientists that are, are that are women. I would love to, but it just it just doesn't work out that way so far. <clears throat> I'm sure in the f- future it will, but for right now it hasn't. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not what y'all keep calling what I, what I've been calling in the past. I'm not a misogynist or anything like that. I do want women on my on my podcast. That is the yin to the yang, ladies and gentlemen. That is the yin to the yang. I'm not one of those guys that believe that men are just totally superior in every way i believe that women contribute to everything as well we are born through women that's how we got here women are the vessel through which we arrive um on this planet on this plane however if you guys aren't aware they are making uh pods now where men can use their dna put their dna into these pods and grow grow babies without using women shit is crazy out here i'm guessing we'll be robots in no time huh so these are the thoughts that uh, I just want to get out and, and share with everybody. Uh, and I'll, I chose to do it now because this is the perfect time for me to do it. Um, I did my meditation already this morning. So I had the time to sit here and do this right before I get back to working on the podcast and trying to do scheduling and chopping up clips and everything. So this is just me having a one-on-one uh, answering questions for you guys. 
I forgot. There was a couple more questions. Um, oh, why didn't I do more podcasts this year? This year was more busy than I uh, expected it to be. Also, I just wanted to take some time out to, to uh, get myself together and, and have myself in the right mental place. It takes a lot to do the, do a podcast with scheduling and chopping up video clips and then trying to edit it, trying to get the sound correctly, trying to edit out feedback and everything like that. It takes a lot. And I'm doing it by myself. I haven't hired nobody. I don't know anybody that can do it in a in a fast enough turnaround where I can get episodes out in a week as so far as far as I know. Maybe there is someone, but everyone I know that can do it, they're busy doing music. They're busy doing engineering session sessions. Everyone has something else going on, so I can't bombard people with all the work that I have for the podcast. Um, it's it's easy for me to schedule a thousand interviews in a in a year. Um, it's it's a little bit more tasking to get five hundred interviews scheduled, and it takes a lot of work to get the final thirty to fifty to sixty interviews, I should say, that actually take place during the course of a year. So because of that, I just took some time off. Um, I also buried my dad this year. My dad died um, a, a couple months back. And, you know, while that wasn't so much of a, a thing for me, you know, I wanted to get to know, re reintroduce myself to my uh, to that side of the family and be around them and fellowship with them. So there are things that have happened throughout the course of this year that personally for me, the podcast, while I love doing it, it wasn't important for me to do my mental health and the safety of myself. And the people around me and making sure that the people around me are, are safe and in a good spot. A good spot is more was more is more important than doing a podcast. It's not that I didn't want to do it. I love doing this. Um, I, 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 I love talking to people and getting a better understanding of them. The podcast is there for a reason. It's there to kind of balance out all the bullshit that's out here. Um, I'm, I'm not sure you all are paying attention to it, but there's a lot of bullshit out here in the air. Right. The music, they, they keep perverting the hip-hop music that we love they keep changing into something else um i'm not sure you guys are aware but that happened years ago with the federal government or the cia they made sure that when they infiltrated hip-hop and they got with all the record labels they made sure that when they infiltrated hip-hop they made hip-hop they made sure that hip-hop was dumbing us down hip-hop is not as educational it's not as social political as it used to be or it should be it's more so about fuck bitch drink smoke do all that and i understand we all smoke we all drink we all like having a good time but what you don't understand about the music that they're giving you is they're telling you to do it every day the record labels are telling these kids or telling these grown-ass men when they go in here and make these albums keep doing that shit they're not telling them to educate the people tell them about eating eating healthy Tell them about Bill Gates, Bill Gates acquiring all this land and, 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 and that so we won't be able to grow food, but we'll be getting synthetic food and, and they'll be feeding us dirt and, and bugs and all this shit. They ain't telling you they ain't telling these rappers to do that. They telling y'all to smoke and drink and party. That's what they get out here and tell y'all. Y'all ain't noticed that all the rap and music is, is trash. It's terrible. It's terrible. I like to have a good time. I like to party and everything. And my partying is different from everybody else. I like to just be around good people and good friends. And have a good time and have a couple glasses of wine. Uh, they may want to uh, smoke some some herb and just chill. And that's cool. But all this murder, death, kill shit is, is terrible. It's trash. And if you haven't noticed in the last five to ten years with the drill music, this shit is. I ain't never seen this many rappers get killed. And a lot of these guys ain't even rappers. They just trying to get out the hood. These dudes is official. 
niggas in the street that are getting getting their ass murdered because of the music that they're putting out because they had a point to prove in that and now they done put in the music and now these guys are riding down on them fanning their ass out airing their ass out in broad daylight it's 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 a whole plot to it but i mean i hope i hope y'all seen it y'all ever noticed that the music that is good they push it to the back burner or they give it a little play just to see how how it affects people and then they go back to the bullshit why is that why is that? One of the reasons is because because we don't control our music. The other part is that that's what they want. They're telling these guys, again, to go into the booth and create this bullshit-ass music. Salute to D1 for saying what he said recently about what he's hearing on the, on the radio. I agree with your brother. The music that, that they playing is trash. I don't like none of the shit. I think it's, I think, I think it's all garbage. And, and, and the rappers know it. Because when they go into these meet meetings, they, they are telling the rappers to make that type of music. That's a fact. That's, that's, just, a, that's just a fact. You can't. They, it can't even be denied. Every time they go in there to make an album, they tell them, we need more of what you did last time. Because it's all about selling to them. It ain't just about selling. It's all about indoctrination of bullshit. You don't, see, you don't hear rappers in the mainstream talking about uh, health wellness well-being you don't hear them talk about that you don't hear them talk about making their communities better establishing community gardens everybody coming together from the city coming together from the city with millions of dollars to to create better schools or better programs to help feed these kids and help help uh put jobs back into the community you don't hear none of that shit you hear this inundated bullshit this shrouded mockery of our music that 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 shouldn't even be there i digress to the next topic which is, will there be more episodes before the year is out? Yep. More episodes on the way. There will be an episode dropping every week for the remainder of the year. And maybe I'll drop um, two a week. Just depends on how, how things go. I do have episodes recorded. I just don't release them. And the reason I don't release those episodes is because I don't like them. I don't like them. If I don't like an episode, it doesn't come out. I have three or four episodes with me and six talking. Um, I ain't putting that shit out because I don't want to put the put the shit out. I got episodes with with guests that I haven't put out. I I went and met up met up with with certain guests and we didn't do a video. We just did an audio podcast. And while those may have been cool, after we 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 had a conversation, I was like, hey, I'm not gonna put this out, and they were okay with that. They were okay with that. They were they were they were just glad that I was able to give them give them my time. We were able to sit around and eat and, and talk and have a good time. So for everybody out there, man, I hope I answered the questions. Um, I will continue to do the podcast. The podcast ain't going nowhere. Oh, and yes, I have uh, uploaded more video clips lately. The reason why is just because someone told me to do it. That's all. They said, "Man, you should put out more clips." I told them it wouldn't change anything. Um, the way that I put them out, I know for a fact that I get the the traction I want because of the analytics. The analytics will tell me um, when I actually look at it. So when I do more video clips, the way that I have been doing them, the three to four that I, that have come out, and lately the five, um, they just come out. But if you guys are enjoying them, that's even better. So. Uh, I won't know unless somebody says something. Again, on the podcast, you have to like. If you're looking at the videos on YouTube, like them shits. Comment. Let me know. 
I won't know unless you say something, or unless you unless I'm getting DM'd or somebody's yeah sends yeah somebody sends me a message and says yo we like that we we appreciate that. Salute to everybody that likes the podcast with uh, Tiara Tiara Darnell, who owns Blacksy Cochina. Appreciate you guys. Uh, if you get down there before I do, um, I I do plan on getting down there to check out her restaurant. If you get down there before I do, man, send me an email, send me a DM, let me know what you thought of the place. Let me th- let me know let me know what you thought of the, the aesthetic as well as the food. I would like to know. Um, salute to everybody that's been digging the episode with uh, Aldo Rios, owner of El Churro Shop. Um, I th- cool dude. I think that was a good episode. He gave me as much time as he could. We had to pause that episode a few times because he was on the clock. You know, when you're the owner and a chef of a restaurant, you know, people are going to continue to ask questions. So for the 40 minutes, was it 30, 30, 30, 40 minutes while I had him, I was appreciative of, of that moment because we were able to go over uh, community involvement. We were able to go over him and his menu, him believing in himself and, and all those good things. And I, th- I thought that was a pretty cool uh, interview. Uh, salute to Jeff the Illis. My motherfucking guy, Jeff, I appreciate you, man. I just appreciate you, brother. Uh, very knowledgeable of music. He's well. He's uh, involved in music. He's also involved in community works. So he's just one of those good dudes, and I appreciate him and Jim Wallace for always being a supporter. Um, I always support my podcast and and and, and being being just good dudes that would tell me the truth, what they think, good or bad about the pod, uh, about the podcast. Uh, we were we are always able to sit and critique and talk about that and in, in, in the community involvement and salute to Jim too because Jim Jim is busy. I want to get Jim back on the podcast as well, but that's a busy dude, man. On being the owner of a store and uh, having his own personal life, raising his son and his son now and being a business owner and everything like that. So these are these are great guys, and I love being around great dudes with 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 integrity, men of uh, respect and integrity. I love that shit. Um, so salute to them. Salute to my guys, Six, Agent Smith, and everybody else. Uh, Creed uh, and everybody else that has participated. Uh, salute to the uh, Dirty Old Man uh, and everybody else that's been on the podcast. I appreciate you guys for uh, participating in the podcast um, and being involved. And to the person who wants me to, wants to know how do I get my questions. I go over my questions with myself. You know, I go over when I'm looking at the guests that I'm going to interview. I always look at the things that they do, what it is that they're good at, and I go from there. I'm not gonna go into all of the all of the process because you out here stealing, motherfucker. I can't have you stealing my shit, my technique. But you should have a set group of questions. So uh, for every guest, there's a set group of questions. Um, I kind of I can't say I perfected it, but I chiseled it into a way where if I'm doing a boxer. I know what questions to ask. If I'm doing someone from the music world, I know what questions to ask. But if you notice on most podcasts like mine's or All the Smoke or or or, or let me see, um, the Knuckleheads podcast, they have a set of questions that they always ask uh, each guest. So that's I think that's something that you should always have. Um, and I got that not from those podcasts, but a brother named uh, uh, Kenyon. Keon had uh, put me on that when I first started doing a podcast. He said he told me to have eight, and I took that eight and turned it into something different. So, salute to Keon for providing me with that. Uh, I think I'm gonna go ahead and end it here and wrap it up. Uh, I don't say it too much. This is this has been me talking into a microphone for. Uh, let me see. 
damn near 40 minutes. Um, but there are some other questions that I need to answer as well. Damn, I ain't even know if 40 minutes can go by fast, huh? Um, the other question was, do I plan on having more scientists on a podcast? I would like to have more scientists on the podcast. Everything that you guys are asking me, I would like to have more of. Remember, it's about their schedule. Their schedule and my schedule have to have to mesh. They have to uh, be on the same page. We have to be able to get things done uh, correctly, so that we so that the podcast can happen. Um, salute to all the educators. Salute to the educator, uh, Damian Mackey, former educator who was on the podcast. Former educator, and he was a principal. Uh, and he was able to come on a podcast and share some light. The question was asked: Did I want to ask more questions and go deeper into the conversation? Yes, I did. I really did. Um, but the part that you don't, you guys didn't see was that I edited a lot, some of that stuff out of there because he didn't want to answer it. Um, there are certain questions that he didn't answer, or he kind of like uh, went around uh, when we were, were recording it or whatever. So. Uh, those didn't get answered and some of the stuff pre-recording um i didn't do the pre-recording like i, I had done with some, certain other podcasts because people start, told me to just start doing a pre-recording for everything and then go back and, and then do the actual record so i'll i'll, I'll I, i'm going to take that idea and run with it and start doing more of that so i can get have i can have more pre-conversation uh the episode and then post-conversation as well um, it has to just—I have to just remember it. It's just so much going on at the time. You're trying to pay so to pay attention to so many so many things on the screen, and make sure that the audio and everything is working. That was the other thing about that podcast. I think I don't like the feedback that that you guys hear. That it, that bothers the fuck out of me. It bothers the hell out of me to hear all that feedback. Um, and I did as much as I could to to kind of rinse it out. Remember, I'm not a I'm not the greatest engineer in the world. Um, I. But this doesn't pose a problem for me. It poses a, a a situation for me to get better at what I do. So um, that's all I see it as. It's, it's a learning tool for me. But I, I scrubbed as much of out of it I could without losing the integrity of his vocals. But my thoughts is, is I think that someone else uh, had been logged in or something that was turned up and it wasn't just... Uh, on my end, so there had to been someone else who had uh, been logged in on the on the podcast, or there had been a phone or something that was up, because it was knocking, it was giving us feedback. Um, so it was coming from somebody, some, another phone in the room or something like that. I'm not sure what it was, but it, it had to be because it was only coming from my mic and his mic were the ones getting feedback, um, and my mic rarely gives me feedback. And the only time it does is when it's too high or it's too close to the uh, to the laptop. Uh, and it, maybe it was the same for him. I'm, I'm not sure, but I tried to scrub that episode up uh, of all the feedback that I could, and I, I didn't. The DJ Jeff the Illis, when you hear it, you can hear some of the feedback in it, but it was minimal, and I was able to remove uh, the majority of that out of there as well. So, um, again, I hope you guys are enjoying what I'm doing. If not, let me know. Let me know how, what you think. I'm not opposed to feedback or critique. Just mind your manners and be respectful when you do it. That's all I ask. Um, I look forward to uh, uh, the 2024, doing more podcasts, um, growing, being a better person, getting more money, um, and, and traveling. This year has been a, a pretty wacky one, a pretty wacky year to say the least. But I have enjoyed it. Um, 
May you guys enjoy it as well. The rest of the uh, year as well, 2023, and then heading into 2024. Um, hope you guys are game planning for that, and you know what you want to do, and you know what you want to accomplish as we move forward in this life. Remember, to those who are listening, your main asset on this earth is your time. To the brothers who are listening, any or anyone who is who's listening, they say when you do the crime, you do the time. The reason why you do time is because that's your most valuable asset. They can take that from you. And when they take your time from you, it keeps you locked in a box away from the world, experiencing the world and figuring out what you want to do with yourself. So when you're locked up in that box, most men get institutionalized and they fall into place in that system. Some develop their skills that they should have developed out here, but the rest of them have to develop them while, they, while they're sitting in there for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years or more. Don't let that be a thing. Use your time wisely. Work on the thing that it is that you want to be or accomplish. Work on that. Work on it continuously. Non-stop. Let that be the thing that you work on. And surround yourself with other people that can either help you or that are doing the same thing. That way you can find inspiration or you can find ways to improve what it is that you're doing. And they can help you. Do that. And to the women as well. Now, Jay, that ain't just for the men, that's just for the women as well. But I'm only saying that for the men because there are young men who are getting themselves locked up in these jail cells. And you're losing your time, sirs. Young men, you're losing your time. You can't get that back. You'll never get that back. We can never get that time back. All that time that, that a lot of the brothers that I know who did 25 years in the, in the federal penitentiary. 15 years in the state penitentiary. That's time lost. The only thing they asked was that I'd live, that they could live, the, live their life through me. So they wanted, wanted me to send them pictures when I would go overseas or when I would travel, when I would go out to different places to eat or when the neighborhoods would change. They would want pictures so, just so they could see what was happening. That's how they had to spend their time observing life from my eyes. Use your time wisely. Don't be around people that aren't adding anything to you or helping you. Use your time wisely. I have wasted some of my time being around people like that. Don't let it don't don't do it to yourself. Effectively use your time. Make sure you do that. My name is O. This is Full Profits Podcast. I'm out this thing, man. You dig?